Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Glad you could join us. Uh, We like to think of ourselves as the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, but we need your help to free America one million enslaved mind at a time. And, And we can't do that unless you share these interviews. And it's really important that you make these go far and wide. Hey, we have a couple of sponsors here that make this show possible. First of all, the good people from Noble Gold. Uh, Listen, there's an economic catastrophe coming. How bad it's going to get, no one knows. But you don't want to get caught with the majority of your money in the bank. Now, do you? So they can take your existing investments and gold back them. Or they can take you and say, hey, look, I think you need to be in this gold here and this much silver here. And they'll also tell you if they can help you or not help you. They're the easiest people I've ever seen to work with. Give them a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. And in the description box of which most of you will see this or the accompanying article, you will see a link to Noble Gold. Okay, um, we're also brought to you by preparewithdave.com, and that's the name for our storable food company. And they're offering specials up to 40% off, restaurant quality, the best there is. I mean, I'm serious, it's the best there is. 25-year shelf life, no glyphosates, no GMOs. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you, (laughs) I read this stat the other day. They're saying now that people in 14 days, 90% of those people will run out of food in a crisis. My friend Bob Griswold from ReadyMadeResources.com says you need two years and seeds. Um, FEMA, DHS, says you need six months. Some people don't have six days. Get started now with the great discounts at PrepareWithDave.com. Don't look back on this, folks, and I tell you, don't let the grass grow under your feet. And speaking of ready-made resources, Bob Griswold, King Prepper, as I call him, frequent guest on this show, everything you want with survival gear. He finances the high-end stuff like night vision. He has great water filtration, communications equipment. You really want to get after this, and I'll tell you, want to see what he has? You need gold. You need guns. You need ammo. You need food. You need water. You need basically to be self-sufficient he can help you get started with that readymaderesources.com is the website to go to there's a number on screen to call after you see what he has and he will consult with you for free okay that takes care of who the sponsors are for this particular segment our guest in this segment is daniel holdings and i met daniel at the branson conference uh the gen six true legends man was that a great conference And Daniel and I talked a little bit about a book he wrote back in 2011, excuse me, published in 2012 and republished in 2016. And the title of the book was As Darkness Falls. And it really falls under the category of what Doug Hagman once called faction. And that's a book that's meant to be fiction, but it comes true. And a lot of the things that he wrote in this book has come true. And we're going to talk about how that happened and what those elements are that came true but we're also going to take a look ahead to what's going on and to the future and talk about what could happen daniel i'm glad you could join us uh thanks for being with us and i'm really looking forward to this discussion because i almost feel like this is almost a prophetic interview i mean that's kind of how i'm seeing this so welcome to the show 
Well, thank you, Dave, and uh, I appreciate your work so much. I've never been with you, though I've been on several other shows, and uh, you mentioned Doug Hagman. He's a good friend. Uh, so it, it's, it's great to be with you, and I think that it is a timely interview, if nothing else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question. Hey, what motivated you to write this book all the way back in 2011? Well, uh, As the Darkness Falls is part of a, uh, a trilogy, if you will. Uh, it is uh, the second volume of the Cooper Chronicles, which is a, a story I started weaving back in, I don't know, 2009, probably. Uh, the first book is about uh, CERN and all the crazy stuff that was going on there, Harp, that kind of thing. And then in the second book, what I did is I took the, the hero, uh, and he ended up dealing with very the same very very the, the same very issues I should say that uh, you know we are seeing today. And the third book was a continuation of the second book, and we can talk about uh, all of those. But as far as my motivation goes, you know, Dave, I used to be a regular guy. <laughs> I was uh, I was a financial guy for a long time with my own practice, successful that kind of thing and um, I was probably uh, I don't know I'd been in practice probably almost 10 years and <clears throat> I read a book uh, and note to self don't do this if you're in a financial practice that book was called The Creature from Jekyll Island <laughs> oh yes <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Edward, <laughs> oh, Edward yes. Griffin and when I there had been some things that I had been wrestling with as far as the industry went and as far as where the economy was going that kind of thing when I read that book it 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 was absolutely it absolutely resonated with uh, what I had already been thinking and I knew that everything that Griffin was saying in that book was absolutely true now my my experience uh, before that had been um, uh, you know, just a, a business guy and, and somebody that was uh, kind of asleep to all the things that I now uh, am awake to. But I, I remember uh, just as I was reading that book, I was my practice was in my home, and I was walking out of uh, my front door with a client, a very you know, well-off client. But in my minimum client at the time, I think it was a million bucks. You, you know, I wouldn't touch your account if you didn't have a million bucks. And so these were affluent people. <clears throat> And this particular client, uh, I walk out and he's asking me, what happens if this, this, and this happens? And I'm lost in thought because I'm in the middle of this book and out loud, this is one of those moments you say, that's that. But out loud I said, it doesn't matter, it's gonna collapse anyway. And he said, what? What are we gonna do? What are we So anyway, I, I, you know, I, I reassured him, ah, it's okay, we'll move the bonds or we'll do something, you know, whatever. And by the way, gold and silver were never in my, my vocabulary, right? Although I had a license to sell uh, EFTs of gold and silver, I didn't sell physical gold and silver. So uh, anyway, I, I knew then, you know, that I had to do something, something different than what I was doing. And just a, an anecdotal story Another anecdotal story that goes along with that, as far as my waking up uh, to the things that were really true, as opposed to things that the media fed us and that kind of thing. Um, 
I was, uh, it was probably 2007. Uh, I, I had been at a, uh, a client meeting, so I was in a nice three-piece suit and whatever. Uh, and I, one of the, one of my favorite haunts in the neighborhood I lived in was um, a smoothie shop. And it's California, I'm from California. It's, I don't live there now, but uh, it was a smoothie shop. And so I, I, I wanted to go get a smoothie because it's the middle of summer and hot, right? So I, I, I parked my car and I go to get out and there's a kid sitting in front of the smoothie shop and he's got his backpack, this is before cell phones, but he was reading something or playing a game or something, I don't remember what it is. Not before cell phones, but before smartphones like they exist today. Um, and this, this smoothie shop was across the street from a high school. So I just figured that this kid was a high school student. And by the looks of him, he might have been, you know, a junior, like ninth grade, not a junior, but a freshman, ninth grade, sophomore, maybe. So he was a pretty young kid. And he's wearing a shirt. And, and Dave, you would know the shirt well. It had a picture of Barack Obama on the front of it, like uh, in a red and blue rainbow. And it said, change. That's all it said, change. And so... You know, I was a pretty staunch Republican back then, <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, hey, I said, uh, you like that guy? And he said, he said, yeah, yeah, I like him. And I said, uh, well, what do you like about him? Well, he's going to bring about change. I said, really? <laughs> I said, well, what kind of change? And he said, he thought for a second, and he scrunched up his face, he got mad, and he said, I don't know, man, just change. <laughs> I said, okay. I, you know, I'm challenging his world view. So, yeah. anyway, so I walked in and, uh, you know, his mother came to pick him up. And I, I began to think about that. That kid at the time was probably 15 or 16 years old. Uh, by the time Obama, so he couldn't vote in, in that election that Obama came in. But by the time his second election came around, I'm sure that kid voted for him. So, but here's my point that the world had been clamoring for something different. You and I both know that by the time that George W. Bush got done with the second term, people hated him, uh, for better or worse. And, you know, I'll mention him in a, a couple minutes, but the point is that the pendulum had swung from one extreme to the other. And I began to understand that going forward in this this guy because i had done some research on obama at that time if this guy got in this no name from chicago junior senator who never accomplished anything but was a community organizer if he got in things were going to to really change in a big way and not in a good way so i began to do some research my my reading of that griffin book was um part of it and i had this this, I don't know, I don't even know how to put it, this uh, ache in my heart, this ache to to talk about these things. And then the Lord really started doing something. And I know, let, let me, let me here's the disclaimer, okay? I know your audience is practical. I know you have a lot of Christians in your audience, but you have a pragmatic audience. And what I want to do is I want to speak to their practicality because they're pragmatic. We're dealing with a lot of stuff right now that uh, that we absolutely need to address, and uh, I, I I feel for you because I came from that that pragmatic point of view. I was about as pragmatic as you could be. Um, what I found out is that things were not as they seem, and that's a tagline actually out of my first book. Things aren't 
what they seem. Things are not what they seem. The point is, when the Lord began to show me all of this stuff, I had to write it down. I, I had to somehow show people what he was showing me without sounding like a spiritual nut. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful. When you go down the prophecy road, people could think you're delusional. Right. So what I started doing is I, I, I put these things in, in writing, right? And, uh, you know, Doug, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dave, the, the thing is, those things began to happen. And so people were flocking to me and they were saying, well, dang, how'd you know this? I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I just wrote it down. I, I wrote down what I saw. Uh, and, and sure enough, they, they, they began to happen. And so by the time um, I got done with my second book, by the way, Steve Quayle's in that book. He, I, that's about the time I, I first met him. I, uh, I contacted him and asked if I could use him as a, a character, a prepper character in the book, and he agreed. And so he's, a, he's got a part in that book. But, uh, you know, by the time I got done writing that book and all the things that went in it, and there's a plethora of things, there are tons of things in that book that have come true, that are coming true. Uh, I, too, uh, stand back and, and I'm amazed by how much of it has uh, actually come true. Well, let's go through some of these uh, things that you wrote that actually came to fruition. Well, um, actually, it's probably a good idea because that, that would actually give me some bona fides. And, and I, listen, you know, people say, well, you know, you hear people in the church all the time, I'm a prophet. I No. No, listen, it's not for me to say if those books are prophetic or that I'm a prophet. I don't say that at all. Uh, it is up to the, the person uh, after the events come through and to discern for himself. Was it prophetic? Was it not prophetic? I'm just a guy. I'm just a donkey. I always say that, you know, I'm Balaam's donkey. I just open up my mouth when I have something to say. And that's all I want to be. I don't want to be anything else but that. I just want to be obedient to the Lord. So one of the things that I wrote in there, uh, one of the most stunning things, I suppose, uh, to date, is that, um, now keep in mind, I wrote that book in 2011, and I wrote about a Islamic con uh, organization that rose up out of Syria, declared a caliphate, they were bloodthirsty, and they were, uh, you know, bent on world domination. Okay, so what? I mean, it's been, you know, Islam's been around a long time, and all this other stuff but you know in the for the sake of the book I had to name this organization for the sake of tracking them in the book their actions that kind of thing and I called them the ISNW <laughs> now Dave that was four years before anybody ever heard of ISIS ISIS didn't um, another thing that that was in that book and this is one of the things I was talking to you about at the conference is that um, and so let me let me back up I actually uh, this book contains things I either saw uh, or I heard from the Lord or that I did uh, original research on uh, so they're they're all pretty unique uh, you know I don't recall anybody weaving a story like them that's not patting me on the back again this is the Lord's work not mine so um, one of the things 
that I saw, I, I actually had a vision about this, and I wrote it down, was I saw a huge tsunami being generated from the Aleutian Islands. And that tsunami um, swept all the way down the uh, west coast of North America, down into uh, South Pacific, and uh, decimated the coastlands. Now, I saw um, earthquakes. And so I began to do some research, and I, I, I found out about Cascadia. And so I weaved this story about a little-known fault line at that time uh, called Cascadia. And um, as I began to, to write about this, the Lord uh, let me see what was coming. And what I saw is a, a full-scale um, uh, rip along the Cascadia fault line. But that's not the only thing. What that, what that in turn did is caused a, uh, what do you call it, uh, a domino effect uh, of a series of other earthquakes, including the San Andreas, and it, it just absolutely ripped up and decimated uh, the ring of fire. And you, I saw earthquakes going, I mean, excuse me, uh, volcanoes going off all over the world and that kind of thing. And, and you know that our friend Steve Coyle, mutual friend, he, uh, he's actually done some research himself on this issue uh, and has recently come out with a documentary about it as well. So um, when, when he mentioned this and you mentioned this uh, at the conference, I, I, I began to talk to you about this and I, I told you I, I saw it. I, I literally saw it and I know it's coming. And um, so anyway, that's another thing that, that's in that book. The, one of the other things I saw in that book that I wrote down in a fiction setting was um, an economic collapse and what that meant. Uh, and, and we are now beginning to see, and or of course, because you know I was a financial guy, I, I understand economics, that kind of thing, but uh, we are now beginning to see uh, the very same thing happen in the real world. Uh, I also saw a civil war, Dave, and that's initially why I, I wanted to talk to you. You and I have been on the space for a while now, but I, I saw a civil war and I, I saw what was going to happen uh, and I wanted to share that with the audience. Uh, but more importantly, I wanted to share what was coming after the civil war because I also saw an invasion of America. Um, and so, Anyway, I mean, I could I could go on. These are things that are in the book that are coming true now, or that have come true. Well, let's talk about the nature of the Civil War that you saw. Do you have any specifics you can share with us? Well, what I saw was regular military, regular federal military against the National Guard. I saw people fighting on the streets because of their ideology. Um, and that is exactly where we're at now because this is going to happen and so I wanted to talk to the pragmaticness of your audience for a second uh, because we need we need a dose of uh, reality here I mean this is real enough the idea that this is going to happen um, what I, what, I, what I want to share 
is that everything that is about to happen and that is happening is supernatural. It's judgment. In fact, Steve Quayle and I are working on a book, although he's not really working on it. I am. I'm writing it. Uh, but we're having a series of conversations. The book's called uh, uh, Midnight Strikes, uh, Judgment Unleashed. That's, that's, uh, that's the title of the book. And it's, hopefully it'll be out before the end of the year. But um, the Lord had shown Steve many things over the years that he said were going to happen just before the end of the age. And uh, so Steve, when he wrote his last book, uh, The Premise of the Promise, he said that was his last book. He wasn't writing again. And I kind of twisted his arm and I said, well, look, you know, we need to talk about these things that the Lord is showing you. Uh, let me write the book and I'll just talk to you and we'll put that conversation in the book as well. He said, that sounds good. So I'm actually working on that book right now. Uh, but the, the point is that when, when we talk about all of these things that are coming upon the earth, Dave, now this is, this is hard for people to, to grasp, right? Because we are men of action. We want to do something, right? Especially you, right? Especially me, especially Steve Quinn. We want to do something. One of the things that we need to understand is that you can dig the deepest bunker in your backyard. You can have preparation for 10 years. You can have all the gold and silver you can buy. You can have all the ammo that you can store. You can be you know, positioned exactly in the same, or excuse me, in, in the right place uh, to, to protect your loved ones. You cannot, audience, prepare for everything that is coming. And it is all coming and it's all coming at the same time because this is judgment. Now, people will take, you know, uh, one arm with me. Well, wait a minute, we're America, we're a Christian country. You know, why would God judge us? You know, I'm a Christian or I'm a believer and whatever the case may be. But the fact is that, you know, th there's the blood of innocence that, that cries out. We have 55 million babies that we have allowed to be killed. And you may, you or I may not have had a direct hand in that, but it is our country that did that. And it is our country that's being judged. And we have done um, countless other things that uh, we will be held accountable for before the Lord. And, and perhaps the greatest thing that we have done is to turn our backs on him. Just yesterday, I read uh, an article that said uh, less people than ever are calling themselves Christians. Less people than ever are, uh, are, are following the Lord. Now, Dave, we are the most blessed country in the world. There has never been a country like the United States of America. But we didn't do that on our own. I mean, we can say that, but we didn't. We were, we were blessed. And we were blessed not because of the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers were deists, as far as I could tell. But there were people, the pilgrims, that came over and that sought God and that uh, wanted to walk with him. And as a consequence, God saw the hearts of the people, not necessarily the leaders, and, and he blessed us. But, and we, we lived in that blessing for more than 200 years. And now, I don't have to tell you because you report on it all the time. You have the LGBTQ uh, you know, agenda being shoved down on our throat. You have uh, this whole anti-Christian bias that's being shoved down our throat. You have the, 
whole surveillance system being shoved down our throat. Uh, all of these things and more are an affront to, to, to God. And as a consequence, he's about ready to judge this nation, or he is judging this nation. If you look at, uh, you know, the, the weather that we've had and the crops that have been decimated over the course of the last, uh, you know, a few months, uh, that's part of that judgment as well. But this, this earthquake that's coming, that they are saying, in fact, there's an article yesterday that said that uh, the, the, the whole of California is on the verge of a huge earthquake. Uh, you have the New Madrid Fault, which is also in the book, that's um, getting ready to pop off. There are earthquakes running up and down New Madrid these days. Uh, and, and what I saw was a physical breaking in half of the nation, the physical dividing of the nation. So you're going to have the nation fraction, uh, fractionalized ideologically, but you're also going to have the physical fracturing of the nation. And all of that stuff is coming in the very near future. And, and so people listen to me and they go, oh no, what are we supposed to do? The guy, he's crazy. And, but this is how God, this is how people approach God all the time, dude, right? They will seek his hand, right? They'll say, Lord, protect me, which is not a bad prayer. They'll say, Lord, you know, help me with my bills. They'll say, Lord, help me with my relationships. They'll say, Lord, I'm screwed up, help me here. Right? So they always seek his hand. And God understands that just like you know, our father understands that we go to we go to our dad and we ask him for something, and you know he's our dad, right? I got a I got a you know, grown up girl, and and she still does that, right? So uh, this is understandable. But here's what I challenge your audience: seek God, but seek His face. Don't seek His hand. Worship Him because He's God, right? He sent His Son for us. That so. In the end, we may live or we may die, but it won't matter because we'll be okay in the end. In the meantime, as we are walking through this tribulation, and Dave, it is tribulation. This is the what, what people have to understand. This is what I mean by you can't prepare for everything. It's tribulation. So as we are walking through tribulation, if our relationship with the Lord is right, if we are walking with Him and seeking His face, and we can have peace, that surpasses all understanding, even in the worst of times. And yes, he can say, go to the left or go to the right, and we'll find food or shelter or whatever the case may be, protection. But if you think, audience, that you can go, and I know your audience doesn't think this, but, you know, ask CNN, they all think that they can go to the FEMA camps, <laughs> and FEMA take care of them. Well, you and I know what waits for them at the FEMA camps, but the, the point is that People need to look to God because He's God, not because of what He can give us, not because of stuff, right? They need to look to Him, look look to His heart, and have Him change our hearts. That's what we need to do. In the midst of judgment, a great revival can break out if we allow it to happen. Now, I don't know that that'll stop judgment, because this is the... Uh, playing out this is a bigger script than uh you know than just the united states this is playing out all over the world did you see today that there's riots in chile now there's riots in spain barcelona there's riots in chile there's riots in uh lebanon we saw riots in france just a few months ago 
Uh, we saw riots in uh, Ecuador just last week. So we have the world that is uh, teetering on an instability. Now, why is that? Because God has removed peace from the earth. That is essentially what judgment is. And so all this stuff that comes after this, well, we are going to understand what judgment is. Now, I know that's a heavy message, and I know your audience, you know, uh, they don't necessarily want to hear it, but it is the truth. One of the things that happened that uh, when, I, when I began to wake up and I began to write all the stuff that I began to write, I understood that it was true. And I, you know, Steve Quayle says this all the time, you can't unlearn something that you've learned. <laughs> Once I knew, I knew, I couldn't unlearn, I couldn't go back and, and, and think that the uh, financial system was, was stable and it was everything that, that, you know, I had learned it to be. I couldn't, I couldn't unlearn it. It's one of the reasons why I had to get out of the business because it was a, a fraud. So when you, when you begin to hear these things are, are coming upon the earth or are here, uh, you may want to go, well, I'm just going to go crawl on a rock. You can't unlearn it. And that's not going to stop the stuff from coming anyway. But, you know, on top of uh, civil war and economic collapse and earthquakes and volcanoes, uh, this is what I mean by you can't deal with everything. One of the things that the Lord showed me is that when we are at our weakest, when we are fighting amongst ourselves, when when you have, and, and brother, I'm telling you, I am, I am, I have, very good neighbors and friends that uh, are, are Democrats and they uh, I'm thinking about a couple in particular and they listen to CNN they believe everything that, that they're told of CNN uh, when this all breaks loose um, it will be people of different ideologies going at each other's throats you know one of the things that happened in the Civil War the first Civil War is that uh, you had this geographical location where the Northern Army went down to the south and they fought it primarily down there, although there was some incursions up to the north, but for the most part, it was geographical. It's not going to be geographical. It, it is going to be neighbor against neighbor. Yeah, I, I agree Robert, with that. Did you uh, did you happen to see Mike Adams' article about where you don't want to live? Near the blue cities and there'll be irregular battle lines, and this parallels what you're saying. I did. I did see that. At least I skimmed it. Uh, and and he's absolutely right. Um, can you imagine being in a city when this all breaks loose? And I don't know exactly. Um, the fuse has already been lit, but I don't know exactly what the catalyst is for it. Although I know it's simmering. I mean, it is. It is getting hotter and hotter. Uh, so okay. So we've talked about some super spiritual stuff and it's kind of depressing but we look at the physical okay let's look at the physical in the physical realm that isn't necessarily spiritual although they are tied as I said but we look at the practical stuff right so is it going to be um, you know Trump's impeachment that and, and you know I don't know I'm of the opinion that uh, it's more and more likely that they will impeach him 
I think it's likely right. they're going to assassinate him. And, and I'll tell you why. The people will really be paying attention if this gets to the Senate for a trial. And they have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. And they don't want to awaken the masses because Congress gets away with their felonies because the public is ignorant. So I think we're going to see an executive action. I think we're going to see an assassination. And all the telltale signs are there. I mean, look at Comey. He's in the New York Times with a picture from his living room. And he takes Star Wars toys in some little green patch of grass and create recreates Dealey Plaza in an article in which he's saying, I'll do anything to get this man out of office in the next 13 months. Well, <laughs> Uh, just talk to Elijah Cummins. You know, Elijah Cummins said uh, Trump will be reelected over my dead body. And look where Elijah Cummins is. <laughs> so uh, I'd be careful if I was Mr. Comey. But, I, you know, they definitely do have a, uh, a plan in place. I, I don't know exactly what that is. But, you know, uh, if, if you will indulge me just for a second, I have some super spiritual weird stuff to talk to you about. Uh, but I'm going to weave it into the practice stuff, and I think you understand where I'm coming from. Did you see that art, that uh, Q alert on Steve's website just yesterday, late, late last night? A, a person that had a dream, a spiritual dream. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so this person has a spiritual dream, and they see um, in the dream, they know that they are, uh, this is weird stuff. I mean, it's weird. And I admit, audience, it's weird. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Not unlike my book. Um, this this person saw that there was uh, some there was an event, a dinner that was going on, and she was he was a page or uh, an aide to to somebody, and so the wife of a congressman or a senator uh, said, "Well, you can ride with me, and you know we'll go to the this dinner, and you can meet this person finally," and so uh, this. They end up being diverted. Now get this. They end up being diverted to a place called Raven Rock. Right? Now you probably know what Raven Rock is. Yes. I didn't. The person that had the dream didn't know what Raven Rock was. So they get to Raven Rock and it's like chaos. There are people that are sitting there wringing their hands because what is about to happen or what is happening and they're blaming each other for what is happening. So, um, in the course of all this, he, this person gets separated from the wife at the dinner and, and uh, says, meet me at the table. So as he's looking for the, the, the table to, to, to meet their party at, uh, the Speaker of the House comes up. Maybe immigration. Well, long fraud tied up. The, the Speaker of the House is just not... Um, he introduces himself as, as the speaker anyway, uh, but uh, I, I'm looking for his name here because uh, I had to, I had to look look it up. I'm sorry, bear with me one second. So this person, I'm getting someplace here. The speaker's name was Carl Albert, and so in this this dream or in this write up for Q alerts, he says, "Steve, I would have been a junior in high school back then. I didn't know who Carl Albert was." Right, so he had no clue. So anyway, uh, then 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 uh, you know it, it ends, and, and the person wakes up, and then he writes Steve about the stream. 
So then he, he went back and he looked up who Carl Albert was, and they found out that Carl Albert was the Speaker of the House between 1971 and 1977, during the time that Nixon was impeached. And what Carl Albert was saying is, this would have never happened if I was, this is what he was telling him in the dream, this would have never happened if I was in charge. And this person said that they knew that this person wasn't alive, but they, you know, they, this person said that he was the Speaker of the House. So, so here's, the, here's the point. After I read this article, he didn't say what Raven Rock was. I looked up what Raven Rock was. It is considered the underground Pentagon. This is where people, you know, branches of the military go for continuity of government. Now, here's the other weird thing, and I'm trying to weave together some weird stuff and put it some some pragmatic <laughs> reference so you can understand. Just uh, the day before yesterday, and this is the way the Lord works with me, and it, I don't hear this all the time. Sometimes I will hear him say something to me. And, and I was, so you understand, I was, I'm, I'm a vet, right? I was in the military a long time, uh, and uh, I, I absolutely know what continuity and revenue is. But I haven't thought about it in years. I've been out for 30 years. So I said, you know, he said to me, I'm sitting there, out of the blue, he said, um, they have enforced continuity of government. I was like, what? What, 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 what do you mean, continuity of government? Again, I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking about this place. And he said, um, but they won't tell anybody what's coming. They, they're going to save themselves. They won't tell anybody what's coming. And I was like, that is weird. Right, so I let it sit, pray about it for a couple of days. Lo and behold, I came across an article today, and I learned some things that I wasn't even looking for. Uh, but I learned some things. Dave, did you know since September 11, 2001, we have been under a state of emergency, a national emergency? Well, I've, I've seen that it's never been lifted, yes. It has never been lifted. And as a consequence of that, and the justification, of course, was a terrorist attacks, and you know we could have this huge discussion about what those attacks on September 11th were, really were, but the justification of instilling continuity of government was a September 11 attacks. Now, here's the interesting thing: when when Bush instituted the continuity of government plan, they um, left it in place for the longest time. They left it in place for four years. And what this article do, does, and it again, it's on Steve Quayle's website, so you go there and take a look at it. It makes the argument that they had set up, that was what they needed to set up a shadow government. Now, okay, that's crazy, Daniel. Well, we have been hearing about the deep state we have been hearing about the Illuminati, New World Order, all this other stuff, right? And the question always is on the tip of people's tongue, the people don't, when the people that are naysayers, the people that don't believe. They say, you know, how could this happen? How could we not know that this was going on? We have elected officials. Well, the interesting thing is that right after the continuity of government, government was put in place, people at the time, like Tom Daschle and 
those kind of guys did not know that it was put into place. It was put into place in secret, if you will, until they were told about it by other parties. Now, here's what the continent, and this is where I'm getting to. Uh, the continuity, I'm going to read this to you, and if you bear with me, I hate it when people read, but this is important. Indeed, continuity government plans are specifically defined to do the following. Top leaders of the new government for the continuity government, because it is a different government, that's the point I'm trying to make here, would, entire large, would entirely or largely go into the hiding and would govern in hidden locations. Those within the new government would know what is going on, but those in the old government uh, would not necessarily know the details of what's happening. And that speaks to how could this happen, nobody knows. Normal laws and legal processes might largely be suspended or superseded by selective or secretive judicial forms. And you and I both know that those forms exist today under the Patriot Act. The media might be ordered by strict laws punishable by treason to only promote uh, stories authorized by the new government. And all you have to do is to look at the executive order, which uh, you know, has been uh, upholded, executive order by Obama, saying that they could now use propaganda on American citizens. So this is my point. You wonder how CNN could could go off the rails the, the, the way they have. Even Fox News could, could say the things that they've said uh, and, and they were blatant lies or propaganda, if you will. It is because I would submit to you that the continuity of government uh, provisions have been in place since that time. And that there is, in fact, a shadow cabal or a shadow government running our country. Now, back to my books, because I'm a crazy fiction writer, right? One of the things in those books, <clears throat> in those books I talk about the group. Now remember, I wrote this in 2011. And I didn't know any about this, know anything about this stuff. One of the things in those books, I talk about the group who are bankers and, you know, politicians that are running the country behind the scenes and that they have a plan and all the things that they are doing are pushing forward the plan now what this article did for me it was it was like that aha moment many of the things that i've suspected over time or that i've thought over the time or written about over time are actually in this article and I had no idea so the point is that we can prepare for every physical thing that we possibly can but we cannot prepare for everything and on the tail end of that civil war those earthquakes uh, is going to be an invasion and you, you, we may well be fighting against uh, communist socialist leftists within our own country and uh, be Before by. you go farther with the story, did you see any of the elements of this invasion? Do you have any details? Uh, well, kind of. I, I saw, uh, I saw uh, the Chinese uh, coming in from the west coast. 
I saw the Russians coming in from the East Coast. Uh, I saw uh, neutron bombs being used because the Chinese want our land. You know, they they need Correct. land, and they want to make sure that uh, they're able to. They want to make sure that they're able to uh, to to get it eventually. They don't want to ruin it forever. Um, I saw uh, troops moving up from the southern border, uh, and I saw troops moving in from the northern border. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this because uh, there are, in fact, uh, I, I'm not sure to disclose this, but you probably know about this: five million Chinese troops in Intanada. Yeah, I know. I know Steve Quayle believes that, and I think there's good reason to believe that. Right, and so, and we know that those borders are porous, that uh, ISIS is up in the north and they are uh, filtering down into here. I, uh, I saw um, terrorist attacks within the country. Uh, so I, I assume, this is my assumption that, that I saw it, that there were terrorist cells within the country that were activated at the time. Uh, so... Yeah, I did see some of it, and it, of course, it's you know how do you write about this stuff without uh, you know pro, you know pro, progressing the story that you're telling without getting sidetracked. Well, so I touch on many of those issues within the books. By the way, uh, you know, so if your audience wants to look at those books, um, they can go to my website DanielHoldings.com or CooperChronicles.net. Right, you can buy them on Amazon, but they're actually cheaper on my website. There's a package there for you so you can get them, uh, get a deal on them, that kind of thing. But there's a lot of stuff in those books that I just, I, I don't have time to, to, to go over all the stuff in there. Uh, but my, you know, my main point to uh, you and your audience today is that, uh, you know, see God's face, not his hand. Now's the time to do that. We need to repent. We need to look to, toward him. Uh, this is not about that's, now look okay let me let me just make this disclaimer. I am not saying that people should roll over and die right if if somebody is threatening my family uh, or, or my friends and those people that I love I will defend myself and you can take that however you want uh, because I am prepared to defend myself uh, and my family but that said we get caught up Dave in the physical things of this world, when we need to understand that this is not, that's a, this plays out in the physical realm, but this is supernatural. This is spiritual. Because along with that, now here's the crazy stuff, more crazy stuff, right? You know, and I know, you've seen the Navy videos of the UFOs that are, you know, being disclosed now. What we are about to see is disclosure. And we were both at Brad's, and we understand this. Uh, you're going to have people, because remember, they're walking away from God, right? There's going to be this story. This is a great deception. There's going to be this story that is woven by the, the media, that's woven by the politicians that we came from those aliens, that they made us, that they seeded panspermia, you know, they seeded uh, the earth, right? And so uh, it's a lie. Right, but they have the technology to, you know, to make you think it's real. But the point is that 
you know, you're going to be seeing some really weird stuff. Um, did you see that article on um, uh, the article where uh, Putin called uh, Trump and told him that these special ops people in Syria needed to treat because there was uh, a horde of Anunnaki that was racing toward him. Did you, did you well, I saw, you know, and I did see that, and I also saw that the um, the military had uh, 86 out of there, and um, I, I did see that. I don't know how much credibility to lend to that story, but it certainly fits into, let's, let's put it this way, in the context of what's going on today, it fits. Sure. It really does fit. Um, Daniel, we're kind of coming to a nexus point here where we're... Um, we got about two, two and a half minutes left in this segment. And I think what we've established is the fact that, uh, and I just want to kind of recap this real quickly. We have a book that you've written, actually a series of books, but one book in particular you've written. And that book is going on eight years old uh, in first edition. And it recaps a lot of what's happening today from Cascadia to the threat of Red Dawn, to World War III, to internal civil war. I mean, it's all here right now. There's no denying these events are here. Unfortunately, and God, well, let's put it this way. Uh, you can say unfortunately or fortunately, but regardless of the, how you want to look at it, people like yourself had information that things were going to turn south. And I'll say this very quickly. I had a friend in FEMA who retired and bugged out in 2012, the end of 2012. I publicized it after he was gone without naming the location. He went with like-minded people because he said this was coming. He told me about this at the same time you're writing this book. That's This is what's been really kind of earth-shattering to me, is he was saying the things you were saying, and he added one other thing. He said that the deep state will do anything to kill the populism in this country and that they were only going to let it go so far. And quite frankly, he and I talked about a year ago. He said that he's surprised they let it go as far as they have. He couldn't believe that Trump wasn't killed in the primaries. And uh, he said, but they're going to correct their mistake. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, there's no question. He's not going to be allowed to be a candidate for 2020 because he can't lose. But anyway, very quickly, I, I wanted to recap here. Tell the people in about the 30 seconds we have left how they can get a copy of your books. It sounds fascinating. Well, okay, so there's three books, Three Days in the Belly of the Beast, As the Darkness Falls, and Between the Veil. You can get all those books on my website, danielholdings.com. That's Daniel, H-O-L-D-I-N-G-S.com, or um, cooperchronicles.com. Uh, either or uh, and uh, there's a package there you can get all three of them for some deal or something you can buy them on Amazon they are on Kindle uh, there's pressure to put them on audio I just haven't had the time <laughs> and uh, you know people want me to come out to, with the next one and I, you know Dave this is too serious I, I don't have time to be writing fiction no, I, need I hear you <laughs> I hear you I, I got what you said but unfortunately we're up against a hard break. We are out of time. I wish you luck with the book sales. We'll try to push it from our end as much as we can. Daniel, I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you for this uh, very interesting set of books, but also thank you for coming on the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. I look forward to it next time. Take care.